0: ESPN Daily is presented by YouTube TV. Try it free today at YouTube.com slash NBA23. New users only. Terms apply. Cancel anytime.
1: The NBA Draft, it's this Thursday in Brooklyn. And the name everyone's talking about, the name that will be front and center, is that of the 19-year-old French phenom, Victor Wembanyama. The San Antonio Spurs are all but certain to take him with the first pick. While this is Wembenyama's official introduction to the NBA, he's been on basketball radars for years. But who is Victor the person? What motivates the man who might be the next face of the league? Today, we revisit Izzy Gutierrez's conversation with Jonathan Gavoni about Jonathan's exclusive sit-down with a teenager they call Wemby, And we hear directly from the man himself. I'm Jeremy Schaap. It's Tuesday, June 20th. This is ESPN Daily.
2: Jonathan Gavoni, you were there in Las Vegas last fall when Victor Wembanyama made his debut in America. This is the 19-year-old French phenom that everyone has anointed as the best prospect to enter the league since LeBron James 20 years ago. His French team, the Metropolitans 92... They had come into town to face the G League Ignite. How do you describe what you saw in Sin City?
3: It was jaw-dropping.
0: Wembenyama on top, throwing it down! The ultimate lob threat. Anderson, using the screen, blocked by Wembenyama, his second block already. Wembenyama
3: calmly knocks down a three. He's like, come on. I usually go to games, I sit there with my laptop, I'm taking notes intensely, I'm locked in, I'm focused, I, want, I don't want to miss a single detail. At some point in the first game, I just closed my laptop because I said, this is, I've seen enough.
0: Step back. Step, yeah. <laughs> oh, this kid is good.
3: You know, to drop 36 points and 37 points in front of the entire NBA, it was remarkable.
2: So that's the part that we all know about this prospect who is unlike anything we've ever seen. But you got something I haven't seen or heard before, and that's an interview with the man himself. You sat down with Victor Wenbinyama for about an hour in Paris.
4: Can I do it? Can I do it? I'll do this one and then you can do this camera. (laughs) Are you rolling?
2: And action. So what did you learn? What is this guy
4: like?
3: 19 years old, but
4: intensely focused, the only thing I can tell you is uh, I love winning and I hate losing.
3: Intelligent, worldly.
4: My personality translates to to all fields of uh, basketball, art, and anything in life. Doing things differently, expressing myself that sits in, in, inside of me, you know, in my core. And just ready for the next step in his career. Basketball didn't didn't change for me. It's more the, the, the outside, you know more more responsibilities, more, uh, more expectations. That's, but basketball didn't change for me. It's still the same game, and I'm still having as much fun. And he was really open. He was excited. It was just
3: wonderful getting to sit down with him, getting to know him, getting to know his family, just really understanding more about what makes him tick off the court, what his interests are, how he got to this stage, and what he hopes to achieve in his basketball career.
2: Victor Wenbinyama is on the brink of becoming the next face of the National Basketball Association. But until now, we hadn't heard much from Wenbinyama himself. So today, after an exclusive sit-down interview with the young prodigy, Jonathan Gavoni fills us in on everything we've been wanting to know about Victor Wenbinyama and what being drafted first overall might mean to him. Jonathan Gavoni, you are ESPN's NBA draft expert. You literally spend your time scouring the planet for the greatest basketball prospects in the world. And for years now, you've been telling anyone who'll listen about this kid from France, Victor Wembanyama. In a little over a month, he'll be the first pick in the NBA draft. The only question which we will get shortly the answer to is which team will be lucky enough to be able to select him. But before we get to your recent interview that you had with Victor...
3: Just remind the audience about what makes Victor such a generational talent. We've never seen a prospect like Victor Wembanyama. someone who is seven foot five, moves with the fluidity and the grace that he does, has an eight foot wingspan, uh, is an absolute game changer defensively with the anticipation skills and the instincts and the timing that he brings, but then has such a versatile skill level at the same time, he can be your primary shot creator. He can play pick and roll. He can go get his own shot. You can throw him the ball in the post. He can take a defensive rebound off the glass and and push it 94 feet and probably finish with a dunk. He can shoot threes from all over the floor. And then if you truly aren't yet sold yet, then he'll take a step back three and then go home, go and cram back his own missed rebound. I mean, these are literally things that we've never seen before on a basketball court. And the best thing about it all is that he's 19 years old right now. The sky is the limit for just how good he can become down the road. So everybody wants him because of that, because he can take a step back three,
2: and if he misses it, just take one step and jam the miss home. But it feels like we've been hearing about that part of him for years now. And I feel like we've never gotten to hear the story from Victor himself. You were able to interview him recently for an SC featured piece in English. So let's just start at the beginning here. Where did it all start for Victor?
3: So he is from a little town called Les Cheney, which is uh, right outside of Versailles, which is about 40 minutes west of Paris. Basketball was always a part of his life. His parents were both athletes. His father was a track and field athlete, and his mother played professional basketball in France the legend goes in France, that she was um, kind of an enforcer when she played. One person described her as kind of the Kendrick Perkins of, of women's French basketball at that stage. So I think that's um, really where he learned the, just the competitive aspect of it, but also the technical side. And it was his mom who was his first coach.
4: Can you tell us about your mom what what kind of player was she did you have you seen film of her? I never actually actually saw film of her. I saw her play a little bit mm-hmm. when I was a kid. I played one on one against her a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> she was a center with good hands and yeah she was she was she was pretty good you know he was literally
3: born into this this is the family business um, you know grew up around athletes and uh, when He was 10 years old. He joined a a club from Paris called Nanterre. uh, And right away, they saw that he was special and he started getting, you know, very high-level training. You know, they moved him into the dorms at Nanterre when he was already 14 years old. They built a special bed for him. They made sure that he was having five meals a day. And so he's been getting very, very high-level coaching and a lot of attention from a very young age. One of his first coaches was a, a man named Kareem uh, He Victor still cites him as being very influential in his development. And, and Kareem, I sat with him in, in Paris. I got to meet him. We interviewed him. We spent a lot of time with him. Very unique with his perspective and just his I- insights into how he trained not just Victor, but every kid. Talking to Kareem about some of the, the methods, the training techniques, the drills that they used, it sounded like a little bit unorthodox, especially for you know, someone who's 10, 11, 12 years old. What do you remember about you know, that, that time and, and the way that they, they trained you in that
4: Kareem was really working in his own way really unorthodox, as you said, asking us to come every day with uh, football goalkeeper gloves, you know, to dribble, to, to, to get better with the dexterity, to, with jumping ropes to warm up. And at that time, we didn't have, um, we, we couldn't see those expectations from any other coach.
3: Kareem grew up watching Pete Maravich, specifically this instructional video, which you can still find on YouTube, uh, where, you know, Pete Maravich goes through his entire philosophy of how he played, and you know what, you know how players should train. And you know, there's basic fundamentals of ball handling, and there's also creative fundamentals, and that's what I'm going to show you today: the basic fundamentals, the creative fundamentals. You're gonna have a lot of fun doing these drills.
4: Uh, I probably didn't know who Pete Maravich was at that time, but I know. Uh, Kareem, he made everyone do the same drills. He he didn't accept me to be uh, worse than any other players d- just because I was taller or, or whatever. So uh, really, it helped for for development and it helped uh, it helped us challenge ourselves.
3: The end one tour was also something very important for Kareem. In that moment, um, in time. Uh, just culturally, the the N one tour played a really big role on French basketball with hip hop, g- giving coaches the leeway to to give players the freedom to explore their talent. And so, some of those same drills that Kareem saw on the N one tour um, were some of the things that he implemented with Victor.
4: Um, I remember him sometimes uh, playing playing one on one against us, but for, for fun and doing typical moves that you'd see in an in a N1 mixtape <laughs> but he's, he's really into that culture and uh, yeah all the hip hop uh, street basketball you know and uh, that's really a, a trait that uh, struck in, in his personality
3: and I think you could see that in his game now too just the way that He handles the ball, the way that he goes and creates his own shot, the way he plays off of hesitation moves and and crossovers and step backs. Um, And that's really unique, you know, because a seven foot five guy, the inclination for most coaches would be let's throw him in the post. But no, Kareem wanted to train him like a guard. And that's a big reason why I think Victor got off to the start that he did.
2: From Kareem's perspective, what was he trying to get across to Victor? Did he know that Victor's future involved him being more than your traditional big man?
3: I'm not sure that he knew. And he w- made sure to tell us that it wasn't just Victor who got this type of training. It was all of his kids. I mean, this is just his philosophy as a basketball coach, you know, it's it's fun to have the ball in your hands and it's fun to be the initiator and the playmaker and, you know, that's what I think where a lot of big guys, they lose that is because, you know, they're always told just, you know, go to the post and just wait for the ball to be thrown to you and if you want the ball, go get an offensive rebound. That's, that's how you create your own offense and I think if you told that to Victor now, or you told
4: that to Victor then, he would tell you you're crazy. I'm really glad I, I kept that, you know, that that willpower to to not letting sometimes coaches put me in a box. That's really a, a, an everyday fight.
3: Whoever gets him is going to have to not look at Victor Wembanyama as a center, you know, but as actually like a seven foot five guard. If you want to get the most out of him you need to utilize him as a a big playmaker, as a guy who can go get his own shot, as a guy who can shoot threes and come off screens. And, you know, that player that we all fell in love with in those G League Ignite games, that's how Victor views himself. And that's what's so exciting about Victor is that we only got a glimpse of how good he really is. And once his frame fills out and he gets to that next level, he's going to be unstoppable. It's going to be game over for the NBA. It all seems like great foresight from a young
2: man at such a young age. It also seems like a lot of commitment from someone when he was 10, 11, 12 years old to become this type of player. Did you get the feeling he always wanted this? Has basketball always meant this much to him?
3: Well, I asked him that exact question. When did you realize that you have a chance to play professional basketball?
4: Probably when I was yet. 11 or 12, uh co- being coached by Kareem, probably uh, yeah,' cause it was the first the first glimpse I got of the, the the professional expectations, you know What
3: about when you realized that you had a chance to be to be really special in this game and, and, and really have a, a great career?
4: I've always known uh I, I'd wanted to be at the top, so I can't really tell you. So basketball has
2: clearly been at the root of his life. But who's Victor Wenbinyama as a person? What was it like for him to grow up in the middle of all this hype?
3: Victor is a fascinating guy off the court. He's not your typical athlete in a lot of ways. He's very into poetry and drawing and classical music. He comes from a very educated background. He actually graduated high school a year early. And he told me that... Going to college, you know, he wasn't on this pathway now. Going into college in the US is something that really actually would have appealed to him.
4: I thought about it, but I never considered it. I know the I know my my path wasn't over there. I see a lot of players go. I, I see a lot of French players go to go to college. Sometimes it goes well, sometimes it doesn't. I often told myself that if I wasn't another person, I, I think I would have loved going to college, but it just wasn't the 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 good path, you know.
3: His coaches also, at the same time, you talk to them and they tell you that they go on these long road trips on buses, and you know every one of the players, especially the young guys, they're they're on their phone the entire time. Whereas he's kind of in his own world, he's doing his own thing. He's he's writing, he's drawing, he's listening to music, he's talking with the older guys, and you know the he's not your typical nineteen-year-old.
2: Coming up, just how ready is the NBA for Victor Wembenyama?
0: Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Picture this. You arrive at your hotel. You have an important online meeting lined up with clients from all across the country. You have your laptop open, ready to begin. And the Wi-Fi is so terrible you can't even connect. These type of stressful situations happen all the time, but they don't have to. When you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you have access to their free high-speed Wi-Fi. So you can take care of those critical emails, join your meetings on time, and even unwind by streaming your favorite shows without having to worry. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
2: So, of course, the NBA lottery is tomorrow night. We're all going to know which team is going to have their future sculpted by this player What's your sense on how much the NBA is prepared for Victor Wembanyama's arrival? The big names know he's on the way.
3: From LeBron. You know, everybody, you know, we're labeling like this unicorn thing. Everybody's been a unicorn over the last few years, but he's more like,
4: like an alien. To Kevin Durant. How can you miss him? That type of talent and skill, and it just puts a smile on your face if you play basketball.
3: To Giannis he has the chance to be one of the best not in his
4: age or not in Europe one of the best to ever play this game we gotta get ready for this kid you know he's gonna be be really good and Steph Curry yeah he's like the
3: 2k creative player every point guard that wants to be 7 foot Chico type vibes LeBron KD Giannis Steph I mean like they're very positive when people ask about you like what it what does that mean for you?
4: It doesn't mean that much, but I think it would mean something bad if they didn't say that about me, you know. Uh, it means uh, I wouldn't be the, the player I want to be. But, you know, it's just, it doesn't change my, my way of playing. Uh, it's cool to see, yeah, people, great people t- talking about you, but I'm trying to not, I mean, I'm not thinking about it that much, you know, Staying focused on my goals.
2: That level of self-awareness seems crazy, especially with someone so young. But what about the teams? What are the NBA front
3: offices and coaching staffs expecting to get? NBA teams expect him to be a difference maker from day one. And this is a guy that you're going to have to game plan against every single night because there's not really a matchup for a seven foot five guy who can step out and make threes, who can play pick and roll, who can shoot off the dribble. So you are going to have to adjust your coverages and you're going to have to adjust the way that you think about how to guard him. But Victor's going to have to make strides on his own. I mean, he's, it's a very physical game. And so he's going to have adjustment to make at the same time with the way that he handles that physicality and, and and all the attention that's going to be coming his way too. That's something that definitely is in the back of the minds of his camp is, you know, just limiting the amount of noise that's in the background and just, you know, the amount of asks that he's going to have, um, you know, in terms of interviews and autograph signings and sponsorship and marketing. And it's a lot of commitment that comes along with being in the face of a franchise too. And that's something that he's going to have to prepare for at the same time. He's
2: obviously got all the relentless training that keeps him focused. But how does Victor consume the league he's about to enter? Is he as big of an NBA fan as you would think?
3: Yeah, he said that it's honestly, it's, it's hard for him to... Watch full games uh, because of the time zone difference. I don't think I watched
4: one game live this year because it's just it's during the night <laughs> most of the time, so it's really hard to to watch live. But I've, I've been following up, uh, the, yeah, the games and the and the standings uh, and watching games in replay.
3: His camp is so diligent about him resting, getting nine or ten hours of sleep. And so they want him focused on the here and now. And that's a big thing for him. He does not want to be looking ahead. We asked him so many questions about how is your first season going to look? How is your, you know, what are you looking forward to?
4: I don't think I got the the knowledge yet to know how it's going to go. It's probably going to be a day-to-day thing. Mostly, Uh, I don't want to, you know, to to have expectations this early. I'm trying to finish that, finish that season in a good way with, the, with, the, with my team um, first. And then uh, and then I'm going to think about it. He's trying to win a
3: championship at this very moment. The The French league is, is just ending. They're starting their playoffs. His team finished in second place. So that's a big thing for him is that he wants to finish this year on as strong a note as possible. And I think not winning the championship, that would be a failure for him. When the season ends, then he's going to really shift his focus to summer league, um, you know, this new franchise and the French national team. I mean, playing in, um, you know, the World Cup that's starting the summer, that's an important thing for him too. So it's a lot of things being thrown in Victor at the same time. And I think that they do want to, you know, compartmentalize as much as possible and just make sure he's not getting ahead of himself here.
2: Yeah, it does sound like he does want to com- compartmentalize and not look ahead too much. But let's go ahead and do that for him because it's tempting giving his skills and his size to compare him to someone like Kevin Durant or because of his nationality and size to compare him to somebody like Rudy Gobert. But what did he tell you about who he thinks he should be compared to once he's settled
3: into the league? He wants to be his own player. I mean, I think he doesn't he, those comparisons they're you know they're fun for us, but I don't think he spends a lot of time thinking about it. How do you feel about you know the comparisons like defensively at
4: least to to Rudy, That's a great player to be compared to. But I want to be more than that, you know. That's, what, that's my mentality. If I'm compared to just one person, it's not enough, you know.
2: What was your sense of how prepared he is to make the transition from France to the United States? I think he's ready.
3: I think that he in some ways I mean this season has been incredible for him we've never seen a 19 year old dominate a league in Europe before that is really getting him ready for this next step which is the NBA and so um, I don't think there's any trepidation whatsoever on his part on how is this going to look for me how am I going to adjust I mean he spent you know Time in the U.S. now. I mean, he was in Dallas last summer, and then this trip to Las Vegas. So he's gotten a taste of what the American lifestyle is like, and and what it's like to be a professional basketball player in the
4: United States. Uh, I really love my time there. You know, everything was was put uh, in place for me to, to to get better and to yeah to, to to work just to work. So I feel like it's the the U.S. is the perfect place for yeah for athletes to work on their game and uh, yeah I really love my time there
3: it also helps that he has a coach in Vincent Collet, who has coached so many NBA players in his life and has also coached against some of the best players we have as the head coach of the French national team in the Olympics, in the World Cup, so he knows what Kevin Durant looks like, Um, he knows what Steph Curry looks like, he knows what LeBron looks like and so like he can use that experience on a day-to-day basis to help Victor get ready for these next steps in his career. Jonathan, I've worked
2: on a couple of stories on two probable draft picks, and Nassar Thompson, and they speak about not caring where they get drafted. But in large part, that's because they know that number one doesn't seem to be available to them. So I'm wondering, what does it mean to Victor to potentially be the number one pick in the draft, but also to enhance the legacy of French players that came before him as a result?
3: So Victor is very proud to be French, to be from Paris. Um, you know, And I think he understands what that means for his family and for his fans in France. But that's not the prism in which he views the world. I mean, I think if you asked him, I mean, he's a citizen of this planet and he sees himself from a bigger landscape in terms of like the impact that he's hoping to make on basketball and also just on sports in general. And hopefully breaking through and, you know, having just just gigantic audience of the entire world watching him, you know, not just basketball fans. I I think he's hoping to convert new people to the sport. And so he looks at the, the legacy of guys like Tony Parker, Nicola Batum, Rudy Gobert, Yvonne Fournier, you know, all these great players that came before him. But I think he also views himself, you know, like as he wants to be one of the best international players ever. And he wants to be one of the best basketball players ever, regardless of nationality. Well, it sounds
2: to me, Jonathan, like the NBA fans should... Appreciate their NBA playoffs this postseason because Victor Wenbanyama was built to come in and change the league starting next year. Thank you so much for your insight on this.
3: Thanks for having me. This is great.
1: I'm Jeremy Schaap. This has been ESPN Daily. We'll talk to you tomorrow.